You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, October 19th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, CSU's annual dinner that features Jewish cuisine and traditional foods is right around the corner. Learn about the Shabbat 200 dinner and more with Tyler and Campus News. And Loveland police are investigating a fatal shooting that left a man dead in his home earlier Tuesday morning. This and more with Lee in local news. Then, KCSU is presenting indie pop group Samia with Venus and the Flytraps tonight at the Aggie Theater. You'll hear about this and other upcoming opportunities for fun in events news with Tyler. Later on in the broadcast, nearly 200 bodies have been removed from a Colorado funeral home accused of improperly storing remains Lee in national news. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. With campus news tomorrow night, we'll see more Jewish celebrations with the Shabbat 200 dinner presented by ASCSU. The popular campus event will be held in the Lori Student Center. The Jewish event will offer plenty of culture and food relating. CSU President Amy Parsons will also be in attendance for the event and will be the guest of honor. The event comes as the Israel-Hamas war continues to rage on and the impacts are felt right here on campus and in Fort Collins. Colorado State University's almost four-decade-old event happened this week and helped the community fight against hunger. The Cans Run the Oval event took place yesterday, with yesterday being the collection day for the hunger-fighting tradition. Cans have been collected for the past month, starting on September 18th. Cans Run the Oval had a goal of raising $60,000 to help the food bank for Laramie County. Mackenzie Miller celebrated 10 years of service at CSU's Campus Connections Youth Mentoring Program this week. Miller is known for having a strong dedication to students and the community. She earned her undergraduate and graduate degrees from CSU's Department of Human Development and Family Studies. Today, she is now the program's current manager. Many students may have noticed the construction taking place near campus that is slowing down traffic, squeezing cars closer, and may even be causing issues with getting to classes. If you regularly drive to campus, you may see the impacts of construction located next to campus. On Laurel Street, across from campus borders, are expected to be closed. According to an article from the Colorado and Mason Street, from Mulberry Street to Laurel Street, located just next to campus, the closures are due to the construction making it difficult to reopen and allow better traffic flow. The construction is expected to last until the end of the month, yet it is weather permitting. Lastly, in campus news, before heading into more Fort Collins events, on Saturday morning there will be a special photo opportunity with a very special guest. Starting at 10 a.m., Cam the Ram will be in attendance for a member-exclusive opportunity to be photographed. RSVP is required, however. Coming up next with local news, Loveland police are investigating a fatal shooting that left a man dead in his home early Tuesday morning. This and more with Lee. In local news, Loveland police are investigating a fatal shooting that left a man dead in his home early Tuesday morning. Police arrested a suspect on first-degree murder charges, but the investigation is still ongoing. According to a press release from the Loveland Police Department, at about 5 in the morning on Tuesday, October 17th, officers responded to a call about a shooting at an apartment complex. A witness reported that a neighbor of hers, a 36-year-old man, had been shot in the chest and was lying on the floor inside the residence. Another resident of the apartment complex, a 62-year-old man, was still inside and was armed with a gun. 
According to the Denver Gazette, the suspect barricaded himself inside the residence, but officers tried to have him come to the door unarmed. The release said that the suspect failed to comply with police commands at first, but eventually he ended up cooperating and was taken into custody. The suspect was taken to the Larimer County Jail on felony first-degree murder charges. The Larimer County Coroner's Office has not yet released the name of the victim. The investigation is still ongoing, and detectives are asking for anyone who might have information on the case to contact the Loveland Police Department tip line at 970-962-2032, or to reach out to Larimer County Crime Stoppers at 970-221-6868. The City of Fort Collins is inviting the community to participate in the creation of the city's first-ever urban forest strategic plan next week. The plan is called Rooted in Community, and it'll focus mostly on the maintenance, planning, and future growth of trees and other forestry goals for Fort Collins. If you want to get involved, there will be two open houses over the weekend. You'll learn about the importance of the urban forest, talk with staff about their personal goals on trees in the city, and join talks about how Fort Collins can make those goals a reality. The first open house will be on Wednesday the 25th, at the Northside Atslin Community Center. The second is set for Thursday, the 26th, at the Fort Collins Senior Center. Both open houses will run from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m., and at both, there will be activities for kids, language access services, and multiple stations to share feedback on the tree canopy in Fort Collins. In a press release, city forester Kendra Boot said that hearing from the community about their values is an important part of the plan's process. For those who can't make the open houses, more information and an online survey is available at the Rooted in Community page on the website, ourcity.fcgo. There will also be a third open house late January to showcase the drafted plan for more community input. If you want to support some local Fort Collins artists, you'll have an opportunity to do so this weekend because nearly 70 artist studios will open their doors to the public. Starting Saturday, October 21st through Sunday, the 22nd, the Lincoln Center Art Gallery will host the 2023 Fort Collins Artist Studio Tour and Sale. The Studio Tour is a free, self-guided showcase of local art. Visitors will have a chance to see art in action, meet local artists, and buy directly from local creators. There will be paintings, pottery, jewelry, and more. You'll see one artwork from each of the 68 represented studios. The first tour on Saturday will kick off at 10 a.m. and run until 5, and on Sunday, it'll run from noon to 5 p.m. as well. If you want to check out any artwork before the weekend tour, though, the Lincoln Center Art Gallery is holding a preview exhibition from noon to 6 p.m. both today and Friday. The exhibit will have printed maps and samples of the artwork available for visitors. That'll be all for local news. Coming up, you'll hear about some upcoming Fort Collins events with Tyler after the break. KCSU is supported by Washington's, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include The Bad Plus and Mark Ribot's Ceramic Dog on October 22nd. Tickets and info at washingtonsfoco.com.
Tonight in the Foundry Dining Hall will be CSU's Food for Thought event. The event focuses on building friendships and community with people from multiple religious and spiritual backgrounds. Space is limited, and you must RSVP. Also tonight, Rachel Louise Snyder is coming to the Lori Student Center right here on campus. The critically acclaimed author and journalist is coming tonight to speak about her experience with Semester at Sea, and will read from her new book. Some of Snyder's past books include No Visible Bruises and Fugitive Denim. Snyder will also be answering plenty of questions about the Semester at Sea program. The event is co-sponsored by the Office of International Programs at CSU, and the Semester at Sea alumni will offer plenty of insight to the program and much more. If you would like to attend, registration is not required, but encouraged. If you're looking for some live music, 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins is present, presenting Samia with Venus and the Flytraps tonight at the Aggie Theater. The indie pop group will be playing songs from their newest album, Honey, and you can catch them playing tonight right here live in Fort Collins. Tomorrow night at Old Firehouse Books, the author and artist ex exhibition will be taking place. The event is to showcase the fun mixture of teams with one writer and one visual artist who work together to cr create complementary pieces with a shared theme. The applications to participate are closed. This event is to showcase the previous work. Next up with Lee in national news, nearly 200 bodies have been removed from a Colorado funeral home accused of improperly storing remains. Bypassing firewall. Disabling security systems. Access to KCSUFM.com granted. I'm in. Dog, what are you doing? I'm hacking onto KCSUFM.com so I can upload my articles on their website. You know if you email your article to web editor at KCSUFM.com, they'll just upload it. Huh? I've spent hours hacking into their servers. Are you telling me my efforts were all in vain? Check under their student work section under the about page. It's literally right there. Oh. KCSU is always looking for more volunteers to write articles for the website. I guess I hacked into their mainframe for nothing. Another time, my gifted little brain. Bro, what? Go touch some grass. And write something for KCSUFM.com while you're at it. Welcome back from the break. Here are your national news updates. Nearly 200 bodies have been removed from a Colorado funeral home accused of improperly storing remains. According to the Coloradoan, the bodies were removed from Return to Nature Funeral Home in Penrose after authorities launched an investigation from reports of an odor early October. Fremont County Sheriff Alan Cooper and Coroner Randy Keller said in a joint release Tuesday that all remains were removed on Friday, October 13th. 
At first, investigators believed there were around 115 bodies, but the actual number they found was closer to 200. In a statement, they wrote that the total number could still change as the investigation continues. Officials said they responded to neighbors' reports of a, quote, putrid smell coming from the funeral home. Reports said the odor smelled like it was coming from a dead animal or from a septic tank. But according to Keller, despite the smell, there was no health risk to the public. The funeral home is known for having green or natural burials. They don't use embalming chemicals or metal caskets. Green burials are legal in Colorado, but the state requires anybody not buried within 24 hours to be properly refrigerated. In the release, Cooper and Keller wrote that the next steps in the investigation were to identify the remains and complete family notifications. It hasn't been made clear, though, just how long that process could take because of how many remains were found. Keller said officials want to make extensive efforts in the process in order to give grieving families accurate information to prevent further harm. The FBI is working with the Fremont County Sheriff's Office and the county coroner as they investigate the funeral home. Families who believe their loved one's remains were mishandled are encouraged to contact authorities through the FBI's website or by sending an email to Penrose Funeral Home at fbi.gov. According to USA Today, the funeral home and its owner, John Halford, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. In a suspension letter sent to the Associated Press from state regulators, it said Halford tried to hide the improper storage of bodies, but acknowledged there was a problem at the facility in a phone call with regulators. A cease and desist order from October 5th said that the funeral home's license expired back in November 2022. As of Wednesday, the funeral's home Facebook page was taken down, but their website is still online. County property records say the funeral home building and lot are owned by Halford Homes LLC, which is a business with a Colorado Springs address that the Colorado Secretary of State declared delinquent this month for failing to file a routine report that was due in July. Contributions to this story come from the Associated Press, the Coloradoan, and USA Today. A 12-year-old student has been charged for stabbing a fellow student in Denver in an attack that prosecutors say was a bias-motivated crime. The victim's father believes that his son was targeted because he's black. Theodore Temple said that his 12-year-old son was in art class earlier this month when another student at the Denver Middle School barged into the classroom with a knife before stabbing his son repeatedly unprovoked. Temple said the attack sent the boy to the hospital with wounds to his neck, head, and shoulders. The boy has since been able to return to school last week for two half days, but Temple said his son and his other kids will soon be transferring to a new school in the district. In an interview with USA Today, Temple said that the assault wasn't because of some verbal or physical altercation. The boys used to be friends, and Temple believed that his son was attacked because of the color of his skin. The son distanced himself from the student during the summer because, according to Temple, there was a history of the boy using racial slurs and bullying. The Denver District Attorney's Office said that last week, the 12-year-old boy suspected of attacking Temple's son was charged with attempted murder, a bias-motivated crime, impeding school staff, and weapons possession on school grounds. Temple said he was there Thursday for the suspect's first juvenile court hearing, where he had an up-close seat as prosecutors outlined their investigation, said the 12-year-old attacker was fascinated with Nazi ideology. 
They claimed the boy researched topics like school shootings, hate crimes, and bombings online. Temple said he learned that the attacker had a list of people he was going to kill along with their race, and that the first name on the list was his son's. The student has been charged as an aggravated and violent juvenile offender, which could up the penalties if he is convicted, according to a spokesperson from the district attorney's office. The Denver School District hasn't made a statement about the incident, according to Scott Pribble, a spokesman for Denver Public Schools. Pribble declined for further comment to the Coloradoan, citing both the ongoing police investigation and federal privacy laws protecting juvenile students. Temple, who has six kids, said it was painful enough to see his son injured in that way, but, quote, to learn he had 100% intention of killing him for racial motivation, that's been the hardest pill for us to swallow. Temple said he has conversations about race with his kids and how they're perceived, but still uplifts them to believe that there's more good than bad in the community and the world. That'll wrap up national news, but coming up after the break... I'll walk you through what you can expect outside in the next couple days in the weekend weather forecast. Unit D42, give recap on game six of No Ball. Error, error, did not attend. Tuning into KCSU FM Sports Show for recap. Beep, boop. KCSU Sports always has and always will bring you sports. Beep, boop. For the rest of the week and through the weekend, you can expect to enjoy a bunch of sun and warm, calm air. Next week will be a different story, but for now, we can focus on enjoying what we've got forecasted for the next couple days. Today is a sunny one with a high near 81 degrees. Winds will feel generally pretty subtle. They shouldn't pick up any faster than 16 miles an hour. Tonight, you still shouldn't see many clouds at all as temperatures dip to a low of 47. Friday will continue bringing a sunny sky. It'll warm up a bit by just a couple degrees. The high will sit around 83. Friday night might just see a couple clouds in the sky, and the low will drop to about 44 degrees. It'll cool off a bit for the weekend. On Saturday, we'll have a mostly sunny sky, and it shouldn't get any hotter than about 75 degrees. Light winds might help it feel a bit cooler throughout the day as well. Saturday night will be partly cloudy and have a low of 43. Sunday will feel pretty similar. It'll be mostly sunny with a high of 76. Sunday evening will cool down to a low of 43 with partly cloudy skies. Information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We would also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section, 
or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.